What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Johnny Erez, and we are back for the second ever edition of the Views from the John podcast. That's coming to you both not only from my microphone, but also we are on video. So for anyone listening on uh, Spotify or iTunes, if you want to see my ugly-ass face, you can now listen to the podcast, audio and video, uh, just like a Joe Rogan, except we don't make $30,000 a podcast and we don't have a studio. This is a... See, this is a word I would have said 5, 10, 20 years ago without even thinking twice about it, but I was just about to call my setup in my living room here ghetto. And I'm sure somebody will take offense to that. I'm not trying to compare anyone's life in a true ghetto to my life in my living room. But I'm just saying compared to a Joe Rogan like building podcast studio with multiple cameras and producers, it's just me, baby. It's just me with a camcorder set up over here. And uh, I don't know. The last podcast we did last week featured video and audio. But I only recorded it uh, through my iPhone for the video, excuse me, and the uh, the audio. And uh, at first I thought the audio was decent, but diving deeper I thought the audio kind of sucked. So now we're going to try filming with just the camera and doing the audio the way we used to get do, right through the computer and through processing and all that kind of stuff. But now the key when it comes to editing this is making sure that the audio is being synced to my lips and that I have found is the hardest thing when you're recording an audio source one way and the video source another way trying to make the lips move so it's not like a uh, what did they used to make fun of the Japanese anime where they you know where the lips didn't even come close to matching what they were saying you come here let's let's have a fight <laughs> but anyways we're trying. We're trying. So, uh, on the last podcast, I had made a promise that there wouldn't be much of any COVID-19 or corona, whatever you want to call it, talk. But considering that it's literally inescapable, no matter how hard you're trying to escape it, there probably is going to be a little corona talk. But uh, I promise to keep that a minimum. Now, what's happened since uh, we last spoke last week? Well, considering that I live alone... Um, and haven't had any kind of human-to-human -human contact in, uh, what, two months now. I literally am coming close to losing my mind. I was already fairly close before the lockdown. And, uh, yeah, I'm telling you, um, I think some people... Well, no, I don't think. I know. Some people are definitely having a lot easier time with this coronavirus lockdown than others. Um, and I'm just going to use an analogy as an example. Let's say I was a married dude with a couple of kids and I had to go to a job I hated every day, Monday through Friday, nine to five. And I had just been dying for a vacation. And then when the COVID hit, I got to not only, uh, this is just hypothetical, but uh, that dude that had to work every day that uh, hated going to work now gets to stay home for two months and work from home and get paid for it. So it's kind of like a mini vacation. And uh, that person is stuck inside with a wife he hopefully loves, who's his best friend, and he's also stuck with his kids. You know, um, 
you know, even though the situation isn't ideal for the world or the country, I'm sure in some cases like that, guys, um, it's nice because now he gets to not have to go to work every day and gets to work from the comfort of his house and gets to stay home. But for me, I already worked a job overnight and I already lived alone, unmarried, no kids, you know, completely alone in this house. And uh, so my life hasn't changed. I'm still, I, I didn't lose my job because it's a, I work completely from home. Um, so that hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is that uh, because I live alone, uh, I, I can't have any contact with anybody. Um, not even with the girl I was dating, uh, nothing. So uh, not having any kind of human to human contact in over two months is pretty crazy. And, and for people like me who live completely alone, that can't have anyone over, I can't go to anyone's house. Um, that's, that's kind of what's screwing with me the most. And um, I tell you, today's a Monday morning. Well, it's now afternoon here as I record this. Now, let's say COVID had never hit, and today was just the, uh, I don't even know what the date is. Today was just Monday, the 27th of April, and COVID had never happened. Um, I probably would have woken up, you know, around noon, you know, uh, even though I didn't work last night. And then, um, you know, probably wouldn't have even gone out today. Probably wouldn't have even showered, maybe even not even brushed my teeth because I'm not going anywhere. Nobody's coming here. I don't need to smell good for anybody. Nothing's going on. But now that we're on lockdown, and I didn't even work last night, I've already gotten up at 8 o'clock this morning, four hours earlier than I have. I've cleaned the house, made my bed, shaved, shaved my head, showered, and uh, doing a podcast. So I'm now finding because of lockdown, it's actually making me more... Um, like raring to go each morning, trying to fill up the hours. Whereas before... When everything was open, I was content with pretty much staying home and just chilling all day long as my nose is running. Does anyone ever get that? Any time I take a hot shower for the next hour, my nose will run. Ugh. And I'm tired of blowing it. And I have to, you know, with, 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 with like, uh, you know, paper products like toilet paper and tissue and, you know, everything being so hard to come by, I don't want to blow my nose too often. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know... We got to use our paper products sparingly until they can get them back on the shelves. So anyways, um, let's see. What's happened uh, since last time, since last podcast? Nothing. Every day is like Groundhog Day. I usually talk to my father once a day who's also living on his own and we don't allow him out because obviously elderly people are at a much higher risk factor to have complications and possibly die from coronavirus. So we're keeping him locked up inside his house. But uh yeah, you know, other, you know, I keep telling my father, you know, talk to him every day. He's like, what's new? And I'm like, there's absolutely nothing new. It's like Bill Murray's Groundhog Day. It's the same thing over and over and over again every single day. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm sure just like you guys, you guys have had to find new and creative ways, at least some of us, to uh, keep ourselves sane and busy. Because there's literally nowhere to go nothing to do and nobody to do it with we want to go to the mall right now get a new pair of air jordans can't do it it's literally the only places that are open right now are grocery stores convenience stores and gas stations and uh, i went grocery shopping last thursday i've got it down to where i'll need to go every two weeks now so i literally only even leave the house every, once every two weeks and that's just to go to the grocery store so i'm doing my part 
I feel like, in being part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem. I'm not protesting that we reopen, even though I'd love to see us reopen. Um, I get why some people want to reopen. Some people's livelihoods and businesses and everything are being lost as a result of lockdown. But then I see other people on Twitter. Like there was this, she must have been a high school senior because she was outside somewhere protesting with a sign that said, stop ruining my senior year. So she's out on the streets, 17, 8 years old, protesting the fact that the United States is in a lockdown, not because, you know, her family business is going under, but it's ruining her senior year because she's not at school, you know, hanging out with all her friends. So she wants the lockdown to end for no other reason than it's ruining her senior year of high school. Like, a one, you know, and I'm just like, holy shit, people. Okay, I get the businessman that worked 30 years to open up his little Joe Schmo restaurant and because of the lockdown he's literally losing everything and now he's suicidal. I can see those people complaining to some degree but you gotta realize man there's been like what a million cases I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of deaths I mean everybody is eating a dick sandwich in one way or another because of this lockdown. Uh, I'm losing my fucking mind. I'll be the first to admit, my mental health right now isn't very stable. Um, I've literally become accustomed to talking to myself because I literally have nobody else to talk to. You know, there's only so many people I could FaceTime and text a day, you know. And uh, one big problem, and this has been a problem even before the lockdown happened, is that the majority of my friends, uh, even though they're my age or younger or older, they're all married with kids. So they have a ton of shit going on. They got kids and mortgages and houses and all sorts of shit. I'm a recently turned 42-year-old single dude, man. You know, was dating a girl, unmarried, no kids. You know, so just I have a lot less going on in my life and a lot less responsibilities than most people do. So um, just because people are home and locked down, it doesn't mean some people are even less busy than I was before this happened. But now that this has happened, it's literally, I twiddle my thumbs all day long. You know, on a day like today where I w you know, wouldn't be doing the podcast and I'm not working, I would literally be sitting pretty much where I am right now with the TV on. Speaking of that, um, that I'd watch, you know, maybe 20 minutes of TV. I'll get up, pace the house for five minutes, maybe take a piss, get a drink, I'll sit back down, uh, look on Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, whatever, for 20 minutes, I get bored of that, get back up, pace around the house, take another piss, sit back down, and it's literally that all day long. Sit down for 15 minutes, fuck with the TV or YouTube, get bored of that, get up, pace around the house, sit back, it, it literally, from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, like, that's literally my day. And uh, I might squeeze a little bit of uh, music writing there. I told you guys that week, uh, last week, I've been doing a ton of um, music, uh, new music writing. Um, all of which, I, I say it in the comments, especially uh, when the podcast gets released to YouTube. If you look in the comment section, uh, it, uh, it, not the comment section, but the uh, description of the video podcast on YouTube... It says that all music and content uh, is copyrighted by my uh, production company, but that all the music you do hear was written and recorded and produced by me, and it's all available. 
uh, not for thousands of dollars. I'll give some of it away. Um, you guys are independent filmmakers or you have a YouTube channel and you want a specific song or jingle or instrumental or anything produced or written for your YouTube channel, for movie scenes, credits, anything. Let's say you're an up-and-coming rapper, but you have no idea how to create beats. I do. I do it all the time. I'm a musician of 27 years, still signed to a record label. Uh, not myself, but my band Grimlock, which was formed in 1994 in Boston, Massachusetts. So I have a lot of experience, man, when it comes to producing video, audio, albums, music. So any of the music that you hear start off the show or end the show is, is me. And it's all available for use. So if you'd like to hire me or Reality Drip to literally produce any kind of content, I produce this podcast, other people's podcast. You know, um, so I, if you haven't noticed, I pretty much release everything I do uh, for John Ares, whether it's comedy, podcast, under my um, uh, production company. But yes, production companies open for business. You guys need anything. A joke written for some roasts. Uh funny antidotes, uh, whatever, music, production, anything, I do it, and I bet you I'll do it better and cheaper than anyone else out there, so please, you guys need anything, uh, Bert Kreischer recently, um, I was on a, uh, Zoom meeting with him on, uh, it was Friday or Saturday night, a few nights ago, and, um, I offered my services to Bert, Bert has been recently been into, uh, uh, freestyle rapping, and, uh, he did it on the Two Bears and one cave podcast with Tom Segura a few weeks ago and wherever he got the beat that he was freestyling to it was terrible sounds like it came off like a 1985 Casio keyboard and I hit Bert up and I said yo I produce like real hip-hop sounding instrumentals that you would hear on the radio I just can't sing or rap so if you I'll give them to you uh you know I don't know what the legal stuff is with that you know you know I don't but anyways um, I do all that stuff. So if you ever hear or like anything that you hear, whether it starts off the podcast or ends it musically, it was written by me and produced by me and recorded by me, especially the stuff I've been playing lately. So if you like it, that's great. And if you'd like to use it for anything that you do on YouTube or anything else, hit me up. You know, I'm not really concerned with making uh, money at all. I'm just trying to get word out there that my production company and I exist. So you want some music, I'll pretty much give it away. Just hit me up. All right? Sorry. I sincerely apologize to anyone that's already uh, sick of me sniffing, sniffling into the microphone. All right. I got a lot of random stuff written down here. I didn't have any kind of pre-production meeting with myself, so I, I don't have any kind of format to this show. I just wanted to jump on the camera and the mic and do a podcast because uh, there's nothing else to do, right? All right, so one of the funniest things I think of has happened since we last did this podcast, and um, it's probably the hardest I've laughed since the lockdown, is uh, me and a few buddies have a group text, and we're just texting each other back and forth in this group text all day long. And it mostly has to do with uh, politics and religion and just, you know, it's a, it's a really cool discussion forum that we have. And um, I forget what day it is. It, it might have been Friday 
or last Thursday, but it was the day that Trump had uh, some kind of press conference where he talked about how uh, the virus doesn't do very well in light, and he wanted doctors to look into somehow getting ultraviolet light inside the body to cure the virus. And then he said something even stupider. Uh, he made a reference to how well, uh, like, Clorox and bleach do to wipe down surfaces and clean germs. So he's like, I don't know, maybe doctors can look into maybe uh, a way that people can, you know, smoke or ingest uh, Lysol. You know, maybe that'll work. And it was so stupid that... The next morning, the number one thing trending on Twitter was people like Clorox saying, don't listen to what this dude said. You cannot safely inhale or smoke or chew or ingest fucking Lysol, okay? But, so not only was that funny, you know, I hate Trump. It's no, it's no, um, it's no secret that I don't like the man and I don't, and I don't hate the man because I'm Democrat or liberal or whatever. I just think he's a goofball. He says some of the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. And the dude is, like, running the United States, okay? So when this dude's like, I don't know, maybe we should have the doctors look into injecting chlor uh, you know, Clorox in the people. And I don't know, maybe we can put some UV light in the body. Are you serious? Did you see the doctor's faces that were sitting on the side of the stage as he was saying that? I mean, and this is our president. Oh, yeah, maybe doctors can figure out a way. But the funniest part, besides for him saying that, were the memes that came out on Twitter as a result of it. Those had me absolutely rolling. And uh, I'll admit, I am not a sophisticated or smart enough podcaster to somehow be able to share my laptop screen, which is in front of me, with you so you can see it on your screen. So maybe in post-production, as I'm talking about these memes from Trump suggesting people drink Clorox, um, I'll, I'll put some of the, my favorite memes up in post-production so you can see them on the screen here with you. Because like I said, I don't know how to do that in real time. I'm sure I could look it up on YouTube, but you know, priorities, right? So yeah, some of the memes that came out of uh, Trump saying to drink Clorox were some of the most inventive and funniest I've seen. And I was literally laughing my fucking ass off. I, I mean, I was in tears on the ground. I mean, I just couldn't catch my breath at some... I mean, it was just such a stupid, stupid thing to say. And then with all the people home with nothing better to do, people took to their meme creators like Meme-Matic or whatever, and they just took off, and it was hilarious. So that's, that's, that's literally my favorite part of the Trump presidency, is waking up every day like a kid on Christmas, just wondering what stupid thing he's going to say today, and then seeing the awesome memes that you guys create to get a kick out of it. Because uh, I've said this once, and I'll say it probably a billion more times, that you know the day that we lose our um, humility and our sense of humor, that's the day it's all over, you know? So, um, it's so funny, too. Uh, that day that we were looking at those memes, I found a meme that was written about Trump and what Trump does when he's accused of something. And I'll 
I'll put that up on the screen too in post-production as I'm talking about it. And it's funny because I sent that to a buddy of mine and it exactly described to a T how the Trump supporters we know defend Trump. I'm like, dude, look at this, you know, meme about Trump and tell me that isn't exactly what XYZ does every time we talk about him how and how he defends him. It's crazy. And uh, I've been called out so many times on my podcast since I first did one back in uh, September of 2019. Oh, you're a liberal. You're a Democrat because you don't like Trump. And I don't know how many more times I have to bring that up. Since when do, is, is somebody a Democrat or a leftist just because they don't like Trump? You know what I'm saying? If I didn't like Obama, would you automatically assume I was on the right and I was a Republican? It's got nothing to do with it. I don't care if you're man, woman, refrigerator, white, black. It doesn't matter. If you're cool, you're cool. I'm going to like you. It doesn't matter what labels you're part of or what religion or political party. It doesn't matter. I don't care how much you love Donald Trump. Have you seen the guy talk at a press conference? Can you defend the idiotic shit that comes out of his mouth? Go ahead. Try. Go for it. I'm here. Defend it. And you know what? You know what's funny too? Is uh this one Trump supporter that I'm thinking of currently in my head. Um it's so funny too, because when you that day that we were making fun of Trump and we were laughing at the memes about his Clorox injection idea, um, he started to do exactly what Trump does, which is where that other meme tied into it. Because the first thing he did as a Trump supporter, when you start making fun of something Trump recently said, he'll go, well, look, Obama said stupid shit too. It's like, dude, we're not talking about fucking Obama here. We're talking about Trump. It's like, isn't that just the way of, like, Trump supporters? When you bring up something Trump did or said, rather than denying that they did it or that we're misinformed, they immediately jump to, well, you just don't get it. Or, uh, you know, or, well, he did it. Isn't that something we did on the playground in, like, fourth or fifth grade? Little Johnny, you're not supposed to be throwing rocks. But Bobby is. Bobby did. So just because Bobby did, that means it's it's okay that you throw rocks? Obama said something stupid once too, so... It's just like, my God, it's like the worst fucking argument to defend somebody. And again, I'll say it again, even though I think Trump is ridiculous and I make fun of most of what comes out of his mouth, I think he's doing an okay job with running the country if that's really what he's doing so anyways i thought that was hilarious you know what another thing is hilarious and i touched upon this a little bit in the last podcast but the one way to escape any talk of corona or covid when the lockdown first began was to watch tv and now when you watch regular tv that has commercials i I think it's like 90 to 95% of every commercial on TV now has to do with COVID. And it's usually a company saying, hey, look at us. Look at what we did to help the first responders of COVID. 
give us a pat on the back or we're still open look at us we know you're struggling so are we i mean so it's just inescapable but my favorite and it's my favorite because i think it's fucking hilarious and it's such a stupid commercial and this isn't the first time i'm calling this company out for having just the most ridiculous commercials but it's burger king okay and I don't know if I'm going to say this right verbatim to the commercial, but it goes something like, uh, the country needs you to stay at home and Burger King is here to help. And how is Burger King here to help during the lockdown while they're forcing you to stay on the couch? Well, Burger King is going to deliver 5,000 calorie, you know, uh, Whopper sandwiches to you couch potatoes. That's going to help. So this is literally what their commercial is doing. They're like, hey, everybody, you've been ordered to be a couch potato. So let a fast food restaurant help you out while you're sitting on the couch. We'll deliver disgusting, fattening food to you while you're laid up on the couch. That's how Burger King is going to contribute. And I'm just like, holy shit. Are you serious? The world needs you to stay on your couch, and we're here to help to shovel down fucking 10,000 calorie whoppers down your throat. So the obesity problem in America gets even bigger in multiple ways while we're under lockdown. I continue to lose weight while in lockdown. I'm happier than a pig and shit. Man, you should see me with my clothes off, man. I no longer look as disgusting as I used to. I've lost a lot of weight. Skinny. My entire life, rail thin. I'm five foot ten, and I was obviously five foot ten as a senior in high school. But as a senior in high school, I was five foot ten, weighed one thirty, maybe one forty, and then I stayed rail thin until I put on some muscle when I started working out after high school. And then, uh, you know, mid two thousands, I started to not really take care of myself. I was living down south. I was eating Hardee's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Moved back to Massachusetts, Boston area in 06. And um, it just continued to spiral. And uh, along with some depression and other other things in my life over the last 10 years, I went from weighing like 130 to 140 to over 200 pounds. A year ago, I was wearing size 36 to size 38 jeans. They were still a little baggy, but I liked them baggy. You know what size jeans I have on right now? 30 waist. I'm down to 164 pounds. I have a completely flat stomach. I can see my dick again, which for anybody who's had a belly, who had to go like this, had to like, you know, to see their cock, now we can just look straight down. And uh, there's like, there's, there's no mountain to look over anymore in front of me. It's amazing. Do you know how much more confidence I have now just walking around or doing anything? My God, is my nose leaking? Holy shit. Maybe I got the, maybe I got the 19. Is that one of the symptoms? A right nostril running? Like I'm a friggin' two-year-old? Quick, grab me a Kleenex. All right, what's next? Uh, yeah, the Burger King commercial. Um, here is something that is completely out of left field, and it's probably something you've never heard anyone say before. But my friends back in high school used to hear me say this, and they used to think I was crazy. And my friend Brian still does. <laughs> but do you guys ever get smelly snots? Think about that for a minute. 
a snot in your nose that smells bad. Now, my buddy Brian always said, dude, snots don't have a smell. Whatever you're smelling in your nose, when you're picking that snot out, it must be on your hands. And my argument was like, dude, no, I'm a germaphobe. So if I pick my nose, my hands are like clean, 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 freshly washed, all that shit. So if it's my finger I'm smelling when I'm picking my nose, I should be smelling like dial soap, right? But I don't. So I'm wondering, am I the only person out there who occasionally has a snot in his nose that stinks? Let me know in the comment section. Hit me up on social media. Occasionally, my snots stink, and my friends think I'm fucking insane for multiple reasons, but that's one of them. Because I say occasionally, I get smelly snots, just like occasionally we all get smelly gas, right? Sometimes you, you know, you, you know, you, you, you poo, you fart one out, it doesn't smell. Sometimes it does. It's no different when snots. Sometimes I have snots that are occasionally stinky. And it's not my fucking finger making it stink because they're clean. So I'm, I'm just asking you guys. I'm trying to um, not feel so alone in this world. So please, write in. Let me know. Do your guys' snot smell or is it just me? All right? Make me feel better. Now, this is something... Um, I learned the hard way uh, because before I got into doing stand-up comedy, I didn't read a book. And now if you could see over here, I have several books I've read from some of the best comedians in the world on how to formulate jokes and flip audiences and all that kind of stuff. That's why I'm so excited to kind of reinvent myself and get back into doing stand-up once this lockdown's over. But something I did have to learn the hard way, and I've heard even famous comics of 30 years talking about this is, and I continue to make this mistake, but I constantly run bits and jokes by people who are not comics, who don't have a comic mindset 24-7 like I do. They're not even thinking comedy, so I'll run a bit or a tag or a setup or a punch by them, and they'll literally take it like I'm asking them a question. Like, you remember, like, okay, probably one of the most famous jokes in the world that everyone knows is like, why did the chicken cross the road? Okay, so let's just say, for example, I ask any one of my friends who are non-comics, let's just say I came up with that, uh, that tag or that, uh, that, that setup. Why did the chicken cross the road? And literally every one of them will be like, well, hmm, why would a chicken cross the road? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Rather than just being like, oh, I don't know why. Knowing that it's a setup for a joke, they're like, I don't know. You know? And it happens all the time. It actually frustrates me to shit. I'll be all excited like, dude, I just wrote the best setup and punchline. And like, I'll call up my father and I'll be like, so yeah, here's the setup. I was in a store and this, this, and this happened. And then he'll be like, well, I don't know what to tell you, John. Maybe you should have did this. Or I don't know why a guy would do that. And it's like, dude, I'm not looking for you to answer to answer a riddle, I'm setting up a punchline. You know what I'm saying? So if any of you out there have ever done comedy and can relate to that, let me know. Because I do that all the fucking time. Is I think I'll come up with the best tag or punch or setup for something. And uh, I go and tell a non-comedian. And not only do they not laugh, they try to figure it out. Like I'm actually asking them... Uh, what they would have done or I'm telling them about being in a store and having a really funny interaction and they're like, oh, I wonder it's like, 
I hope you guys get that. So many people do it. It's unreal to me. And it's something that I only noticed once I became a comic. Okay? Uh, what else? Okay, here's something silly. And I love silly, right? Alcoholics Anonymous, right? They got drug users anonymous, alcohols anonymous, uh, you know, people that weigh too much anonymous or whatever. But why do they call it anonymous? Does anyone know the definition of anonymous? Anonymous is like nobody knows who you are, okay? So what's the first thing they do when you go to Alcoholics Anonymous? They go around the room and they have everybody stand up and say their name. Hi, I'm John Erez and I'm an alcoholic. Everybody sees you at the meeting. You just gave everybody your name. What part of anonymous is that? I don't get it. <laughs> you know, Alcoholics Anonymous. There's nothing anonymous about going to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. So where did the anonymous come from? I can't figure it out. I thought that was, I thought that was funny. You know, I just, you know, you go in there and you tell everybody, I'm an alcoholic. Here's my name. But yet it's somehow anonymous. I, I don't know. I just don't get it. Oh, God, the next thing I have written down, you know how many times I've looked at this next topic, despite the fact that I really don't give a shit who gets offended um, I really don't have any line that I won't cross in comedy, except I won't use the N-word. I won't make any kind of racial slurs or jokes because I love black people, and I don't have any problem with them. Uh, honest to God, you've heard me say this before. Look how pasty white I am. I am, I am shockingly Caucasian, but yet... If I had to be racist against a group of people, it would probably be white people. Especially where I live around here. I live around a lot of crazy, crazy, crazy white liberals in this city who get offended for you. They get offended if you look at them wrong, okay? And this is where I have to do stand-up comedy and start my career. In literally the most uptight uh, place on the planet. Now, not only is this city overrun with liberals that get offended if you look at them wrong, and they'll get offended for other people on their behalf, um, there's a very strong LGBTQ community here. It's been here since I was born. Never had a problem with anything or anybody having anything to do with that group. Still don't. However... And I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but just in case you're new, the last couple years, the LGBTQ community in this city that I was born and raised in has become very different. They've become um, very outspoken, very angry, like everyone is attacking them and taking away their freedom, and they're acting insane. They are baiting people into fights and arguments. They're, they're causing a lot of problems around here. And um, I've been dragged into it without even provoking anything several times. And I'm just like, what, what happened to this nice group of people that just wanted to be um, left alone and given equal rights and treated the same as everyone else? I don't get it. It's like now they got that. Nobody cares anymore. Being gay is not a shocking thing. Being transsexual or, you know, once being a woman and then you're a man and you're a woman now and now you 
you know, identify as a toaster oven. You know, nothing is shocking anymore. Nobody cares. And maybe that's why they've gotten so crazy lately is that nobody's giving them any pushback or attention. And uh, that's unfortunately the way some people get attention is by being as crazy and as, you know, screaming like, look at me, look at me. You know, everybody over here, even though the attention I'm getting is bad, at least I'm getting attention. So anyways, um, in talking so much about the LGBTQ community and really wanting to know more about what they're all about and why they've been so angry and why they've been baiting uh, straight people like me into arguments without even being provoked, um, I've really thought about the whole LGBTQ. Now, I'm not here to purposely offend anybody, okay? And as a matter of fact, um, I think pretty soon I am going to have a guest on the podcast. Um, this is a guy. He's gay. He was the one that gave me my first Me Too moment. But it didn't bother me. Uh, I worked with him many years ago in the restaurant business. Great dude, but he is gay. He's married to another man. Uh, he now lives out in uh, Ohio, I believe. And I'm going to have him on the podcast. We're going to do it through Zoom. And uh, he's cool enough where we're going to ask him a lot of questions that you might be afraid to ask one of your LGBTQ friends. And I have a shitload. And he's going to answer them honestly, and he's going to laugh about it, and we're going to learn a lot more about a community that a lot of us might want to learn more about so we can better get along, you know? Okay. So one of the things I've been listening or thinking about is, and this might come off to anybody who's really close to that community as insensitive, and I'm really trying not to be insensitive, and I'm really trying to not be funny but I really don't get something. So please excuse uh, the level of ignorance in the statement I'm about to make. But when you talk about LGBTQ, it's got a nice ring to it, right? Five different syllables representing five different types of people, right? But here's what I don't get. L stands for lesbian, right? G stands for gay, LG, B stands for bisexual, LGBT, T stands for transgender, right? And then the Q stands for queer, okay? And this is what I'm wondering. Isn't lesbian, gay, and queer, aren't those all the same thing? Like, if you're lesbian, you're gay. If you're gay, you're either lesbian or... or isn't... See, can you see what I'm saying? It's like, I don't get it. Uh, um, even bisexuality um, is like half queer or half gay. So to me, it's like LGBTQ. It's got a nice ring to it, but I think it it's it's using too many letters because there's a lot of repetition, like lesbian, gay, and queer, and even bi is like all the same thing. So... I wonder why they just don't call it like the GT group. Because gay encompasses the queer and the bi, right? And then there's trans, and transgender doesn't have anything to really do with gay or queer. So I get that. So you pretty much have gay and trans, the GT group. But obviously the GT group doesn't have 
as nice of a ring as the LGBTQ. But you see what my point is? L, G, and Q, they're all the same. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Write to me and explain to me the difference between being gay and being lesbian. Because I always thought if you're gay and lesbian, it's the same thing. And if you're queer, you're gay or homosexual or, or lesbian, aren't you? So aren't those all the same word? So why do you guys use those three words in that acronym to describe that group? Not trying to be funny, but if you laughed, thank you. But I'm, I'm truly serious. I want to know. So if you are part of that group, that's awesome. I'm glad you're living your lifestyle the way you want to. But write into me and let me know what's up with it. Why, you know, why are you guys using, you know, multiple words that all mean the same thing? Is it because LGBTQ has a better ring to it than just GT? Gay trans? I don't know. Let me know. I'm really curious. I really am. I want to know more about things I don't know. I'm a very uh, curious person. They say curiosity killed the cat. But I'm not a cat. But I'm definitely curious. And I don't know. Maybe my curiosity will kill me someday. I don't know. Or maybe I'll be killed for my curiosity. Like asking LGBTQ members if, you know, queer and gay are the same thing. I can just imagine that there are probably, or maybe not, you know, let's be honest, I don't have, you know, fucking 50,000 listeners to this show, but I'm sure if there was an LGBTQ member listening to this podcast or watching this podcast right now, and they are um, liberal especially, which I believe most of them are, or maybe that's just a stereotype, uh, they're probably sitting there going, oh my god, I can't believe this fucking guy is gonna, is this guy, no, I'm not, dude. Do you think everybody in the world knows the ins and the outs of the LGBTQ community? No. I don't know shit about politics either, but I still talk out of my ass about it, right? You know? We're all entitled to our opinions, and they all suck. So if you really want to get offended because it's my opinion, go for it, dude. Go for it, really. I'm not a big, uh, you know, famous comedian that can lose sponsorships and all this kind of stuff so at this point in the game i could be a little bit more risque than most comics who are going to get their advertising dollars pulled from them at this point i don't care i'm just trying to be 100 percent real and honest with you and i honestly don't know why they use that acronym because like i said there's words in there that mean the same thing it doesn't make sense to me um, I wrote down here the eighth wonder of the world, the craziness in YouTube comments. And what did I mean by that? Um, yeah, have you guys ever read comments on YouTube? Some of them are crazy. And even crazier than the comments are the dislikes to likes. I mean... Do you guys realize that you can watch a YouTube video and you don't have to hit the like or the dislike button? I would say 80% of the videos I watch on YouTube, I don't hit dislike or like. If I watch a video that truly, truly is like the most horrible thing I've ever seen and the people are just saying like racist, stupid, just, just awful shit, and there's that stuff on YouTube, I will genuinely hit the dislike button. But the majority of other people did as well. 
And if a video really inspires me, or I, I said to myself, damn, this guy must have taken weeks to edit this video, I'll like it because I understand how hard it is. But it's amazing to me because I've come across videos on YouTube that I can't imagine anybody would dislike, like a baby taking its first steps. Um, a wife running into the arms of her husband she hasn't seen in 10 years because he's been at war. I mean, beautiful moments like that, like puppies playing with each other. And like the video will have 5 million views, a million likes, and then like 3,000 dislikes. And I would honestly love to meet all 3,000 of those people that watched a, a bunch of puppies playing together or a child taking its first steps that has 6 million views and they disliked it. Like, what specifically about puppies or babies taking their first steps or long-lost loves being reunited, these feel-good videos that you can find on YouTube, look at the amount of people that dislike them. It's the eighth wonder of the world to me. It literally boggles my fucking mind to the point where I would literally spend days or weeks hunting somebody down that did something like that just because I'm just dying to know why. Have I ever told you guys the lengths I used to think in my head I wanted to go to because um, of uh, something I used to get hardcore and I've gotten better but I'm still way worse than most people is road rage. And drivers have gotten just so much worse. It is insane. Insane. And one of these days, I am going to make a driving video that has to do with driving etiquette. I'm also going to show you people, in case you don't know, how to drive a manual transmission. That's the only type of car I will drive. It's the only type of car I've ever purchased. And a lot of people don't even know what a manual transmission is anymore. And I'm going to show you um, why I love the manual, how to work a manual, and I'm also going to do a driving etiquette video, and I'm going to show you guys me flipping out at people doing stupid shit, and we're going to point the stupid shit out that people do. And hopefully I'm going to be able to interview some of these people that will go 20 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone with a hundred cars behind them and just drive off like they are the only people in the world. I want to pull that person over, yank them out of the car, press them up against the hood and be like, what the fuck are you thinking? What are you doing doing 30 miles an hour below the speed limit? You have hundreds of cars behind you. Can't you speed up or look in your rearview mirror or think about somebody other than yourself? Look at all the, what are you doing? I mean, dude, I've wanted to put one of those, uh, like, billboards on my car. You know, like the scrolling text ones with a keyboard. So while I'm in my car, I can be like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, and then have the message. I've wanted to put fake police lights and sirens on my car just to pull somebody over. I've wanted to. Granted, I'd never do that because that's impersonating a police officer. And that'll send me to jail. But just the lengths I've wanted to go to just to ask some people why. What is your thought process? That's what, I, that's what I'm super curious about. And there isn't a day that goes by where, I, where my mind literally isn't blown by somebody or something around me 
next door to me, below me, on the internet, where I'm just going, what in the fuck are they thinking? I, I, I just literally go out of my mind being, I just, I go nuts. I go nuts. So that's one of the things, dude. There's a lot of, like, eighth wonders of the world for me. But the people that take the time to smash the dislike button on, like, a video that you can't imagine anybody disliking on YouTube boggles my mind. And then the comment section. There's been videos I've done where um, people will start fighting each other in the comments. Not even about my video or anything about me or in the video. It's just one guy makes a comment, another guy comes along, doesn't like the comment, then they go to battle, and then you look, and there's like 50,000 people just arguing back and forth about nothing having to do with the video. And it's like, do you guys don't have anything better to do with your time than argue in a comment section about something that has nothing to even do with the video? It's nuts to me, okay? Now, here's one specifically. Um, if you go to my YouTube page, the majority of my content that's up there is all stuff I've done. But I have released a couple South Park videos I put together. I've released a handful of uh, Family Guy stuff. And there's one specific Family Guy uh, cutaway. I think it might have been the first or second thing I ever uploaded to YouTube. It's called Muselix Serial. It's just one of the Family Guy cutaway gags where Peter Griffin is in a grocery store. He's, he goes to the cereal aisle, and there's a cereal box that's talking to him. And then he buys the cereal box, and then we flash... Uh, forward to a bunch of these cereal boxes are all like conscious beings and they're in the bathroom with Peter watching him poo. And it's like Muselix, the German cereal that likes to watch you poop. It's a joke. It's a family guy cutaway. But if you go on to that video on my YouTube page, look at the comments and look at some of the people from like Germany or other parts of the world that literally took this video like it was serious. Like why why are you making fun of German people? Or I don't get it. Like why is it the German cereal that makes you poop? And they're like getting angry at me. It's like, dude, I'm not Seth MacFarlane. I didn't write this bit. I I don't run Family Guy. And if you're really asking these questions, you're just like the guy that tries to answer my setup to a joke it's got nothing to do with muselix or cereals that like to watch you poop or the fact that they put germany in it it's like the level to which people get offended by to me is just fucking crazy why are people so butthurt by what other people think and do i don't get it i literally don't get it you know what meme i saw the other day that had me cracking up to because I'll be the first to admit, and I'm sorry, I, 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 and this is something I don't want to go into because I go into it almost every day. I have a huge problem with the liberal community. I believe it's the liberals getting offended on everyone's behalf, trying to cancel everything, blah, 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 blah. The liberals are the ones, especially on social media, that are dividing us all into blue ties and uh, red ties into black and white. They're causing all of this consternation. I'm absolutely convinced of it. So are all of my friends who are much more in tune with this shit. Okay, so I have a problem with libertarianism and liberals. I really, really do. And I saw a great meme the other day where it was like a, um, it was like a, it was like a cream. 
and it was called uh, Libriderm. It was a butt cream for liberals, and like the tagline of it was like uh, for sensitive assholes. <laughs> Hey everybody, we are back. In the middle of me laughing about the um, uh, anal cream for liberals who have sensitive assholes or who are sensitive assholes, in the middle of me laughing about that, I went on to talk for another five more minutes and then I looked down at my handy computer and the audio had stopped recording. So now I'm going to have a uh, editing disaster on my hands once this is wrapped up. Um, so I literally don't know what I talked about after I finished laughing about the, uh, meme for the sensitive assholes for the, uh, liberal butt cream. Um, what did I start talking about? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that was the last thing I was, uh, talking about. Um, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? But anyways, it looks like I've, I've, I've already been talking for like, uh, you know, an hour or something like that. And uh, I really try to keep these under an hour. So that's about all I got. Um, I'm happy I did this today. I'm hoping that you had a great time watching and listening to it. Um, hopefully it was interesting. Hopefully it made you laugh. And hopefully, um, you know, maybe some of you got uh, offended and would like to uh, make me more informed, especially when it comes to the topics I talked about with liberals and, um, you know, the GT group and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, get offended, please. Tweet me out. Write to me. Engage me in some kind of stimulating conversation. Inform me. Cancel me. Do whatever you got to do. Please, bring it on. I'm bored, okay? I'm really bored. So blow me up on Twitter. Make me make me viral. Call me a white racist piece of, uh, you know, shit that can't tolerate anybody. Isn't that another thing we were talking about the other... Uh, me and my buddies were talking about this the other day, okay? It seems like liberals, right? All they want is everybody to be tolerant of everybody else, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong here. Liberals preach... Everybody needs to be tolerant of every group, everybody's opinion, everything. But if you ever disagree with anything a liberal does or says as far as their lifestyle or anything, you're automatically racist, a bigot, or homophobic. Tell me that's not true. Because even some liberals we talked to said, yeah, you know what, you're kind of right about that. And we're like, yeah, I know, we have discussions all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm just going to say this because I'm being truthful with you. And this is how we're going to end this, okay? Um, I don't believe there are more than two genders, okay? Whoa, wow. Let's get offended now because I only think there are two genders, right? I, I do. I think there's a man and a woman. And if you are a man that wants to love a man, I have no problem with it. If you're a woman that wants to love and marry another woman, I have no problem with it. But do I agree with it do i like it no i don't you see a picture of an ar-15 on my t-shirt are you offended by the fact that i like firearms well there you go to each his own correct if you want me to shut the fuck up about liberals and lgbtq then you shut the fuck up about what i'm into but like i said even though i have friends who are both lesbian and gay men and women 
I have friends who are liberals, all that stuff. They love me, okay? But just because I don't agree with the homosexual lifestyle, personally for me, when a liberal hears that, they automatically label me as homophobic because I don't agree with the lifestyle. It's like, okay, I bought a silver car. You don't like silver, but I do. So, but you wanted me to buy a red car. And because I didn't buy a red car, somehow I'm bigoted towards red cars. It sounds silly, but that's literally a perfect example. And that's how we're going to leave this podcast. I hope you guys are keeping your sanity and uh, are listening to the government by staying the fuck home. I know it's difficult, but I don't want to see another teenager holding a sign up saying, stop the lockdown because you're ruining my senior year. Think about the whole world here and not just your own selfish needs that have been taken away that by this lockdown. We're all locked down. Everybody's having a tough time with it. Even people with billions of dollars, apparently, in mansions are having a tough time with it, okay? Everyone on some level is eating a cock sandwich here. So just relax, okay? We're all having our senior years ruined, okay? Nobody's happy about it. But we got to think about the health of the entire country and world and not just our own selfish needs that have been taken away as a result of this lockdown. Anyways, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Views from the John podcast. We will talk to you, I don't know, maybe later this week or definitely next week. For the time being, remember to have your pet spayed or neutered and remember to keep your distance socially. Thank you.